Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome into another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. What's shaking, Daniel? It's a good day. Why is it a good day? I'm on my second cup of coffee. Well, yeah, kind of second cup. Yes, are you a I two, had two cup of coffee guy, or are you a one cup of coffee guy? Uh, I do small cups, so baby cups, it's baby cups, um, to keep it warmer. So I have like yeah, two of these at least. I also have a sh- like a espresso before leaving the house in the morning. Go get them, boy. So, but in total quantity, it's not actually that much. It's a lot of caffeine because they're really small cups. Yeah, you don't drink any caffeine. I don't drink any caffeine. If I drink caffeine, I think I'd bounce off the walls. If you drink caffeine, you'd be so much more interesting and lively. More interesting. Dang. You're you're always just so even keeled and chill. Well, maybe I need to start drinking caffeine, apparently. I don't know. But Allie in our office now, who was on the podcast a couple episodes ago, drinks coffee. So I'm pretty excited. Everybody does. And the Jewel Financial Coffee Game has gone... Sky high. We were trying to, to impress to our newest hire, Allie. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. Now, I walk downstairs. Daniel's in there putting the beans on the scale in the break room to then grind them in the break room and then put them into the machine and, and brew it. You must wait. Before we had pre ground Folgers, and I, was, I don't know what's happening. As part of uh, Allie's training process, I explained that you have to weigh beans. You can't do a volumetric measurement on beans because the density differs. From bean to bean and region to region and roast level. Well, la, di, da. Just saying. That's, that's Pre- a lot. Of precision it. counts in both coffee and financial planning. Do you have like a a favorite cup? Like you're like, this is the best coffee I've ever had. Is it from a place? Is it? Do oh, you I'm just like gonna, building it yourself? Yeah, like, I'm not going to advertise for free on here. Uh, but yes, enough. I have some... Some favorites in the mix, usually from small craft roasters around the country. Uh, and like the good beans, they go through seasons, right? So you get like a single origin bean that comes into season, and then it's only available for a limited time. You get that one, you fall in love with it, and then like that bean is out of season, and you move on to the next bean or something. So you're always trying to find like what the current favorite is. And then you're hoping when the new season comes around for like a Sumatra or an Ethiopian or something like that, that the New season's bean and harvest is as good as last season, and you try it again. It's drama. It's drama in the coffee world. All right. Well, I hope some of the listeners got something out of that. I Nothing? Yeah, nothing. Well, you stick to it your make me... caffeine-free Diet Cokes or whatever. I don't, I don't drink Coke either. Drink I anything. just drink water, basically. Yeah. But, but anyhow, what I'm about boring. our sponsor? Yeah, Speaking our sponsor. Things good, that aren't boring. Good call. Yeah, Jewel Financial um, with... The great coffee. Uh, we power your plan for people. So visit us at powermyplan.com. Um, you can look up what we are doing in our wealth development program where we're working with people all over the country, building out financial plans for folks that really need it. And, and I think this is an important place to mention. If you're just getting started, if you're starting investing, if you're figuring out budgeting, if you're figure, figuring out debt, uh, debt and how to pay that off, that's why we made the podcast. Um, that's why we come and bring you episodes and answer your questions. So if you have a question you want to send in the podcast, if you're in that area, definitely do so. We'll send you a $25 Amazon gift card. 
But if you're looking for a little bit more, if you're in a stage of life where um, you're saving a lot, you're investing a lot, you need some help with some specific or or different areas, and you really want to build out a plan and have a long-term relationship with a financial advisor, reach out to us. Again, powermyplan.com. Um, get on that website, check out our website, and, um, and and you can learn a little bit more and set up a meeting to, to talk with us. All right, now let's get to our question. We have a good one from Greg. DIY! Hey, DIY Money Guys, this is Greg in Boston. Big fan of the podcast. Keep up the great work. My question today is about dollar cost averaging. In my taxable brokerage account, I have a handful of stocks from companies I feel are strong and stable long-term companies but the prices have come down over the last couple of years. So I've put a little bit more money in here and there, the dollar cost average down. Um, Some of these prices are still going down. So I'm wondering, do I continue to put more money in to dollar cost average down? Or at what point do I say, I have enough in these individual stocks that I need to just ride it out over the long term? Um, That is in my taxable brokerage account. I do have an employer 401k that I do put in the max, and those are mostly index funds, as well as an individual Roth IRA that have index funds and small and large cap funds as well. So curious what I should do about the stocks. Appreciate the help. Thanks. All right. I'm going to preference this again, that we can't make specific advice. And I, Greg didn't give us necessarily individual equities or, or individual stock names. Um, but Greg, you may be in a situation where you want to work with someone and have a deeper dive into this, but we can give some generics and we can talk about kind of what that relationship looks like with building up individual names versus using ETFs. And you have some different accounts out there. So what's your initial thoughts, Daniel? So I would be curious in this particular situation. So if you're dollar cost averaging and they're still going down, some stocks have started to recover this year. So I'd be interested to know, and we're we're not dialoguing um, in this particular case because we don't have like a live caller, but like what's the thesis behind these? Right. It sounded like it was quote unquote good companies worth holding forever type of thing. And so I would want to see the homework on that. Like what, you know. Yeah. What qualifies as a good company? Yeah, what makes you, me a good company? Yeah. Is it a, sort of an emerging technology company where like, They've come out recently, so you know they're fairly new to the markets. Sort of the fresh era of sort of emerging fun tech and service companies, things like that. Try not to name specific names, <laughs> right? Uh, that you know are newer to markets, and so maybe they have a long runway and potential for good products for a long time. Or are they like stodgy old companies that have been around a long time? Maybe they pay consistent dividends. Maybe they don't. And they've been around for a long time, so the thesis is they'll continue to be around for a long time. So that's the number one thing that I would probably ask is like, what's the thesis? What's the homework? Why invest in these particular, you know, individual stocks? And why double down on them? What's why do you think that they're going to come back if they come back? Why not just invest in an index fund? Things yeah. of that nature. Yeah, I think the index fund argument is important too, and it it does depend on the companies that you're putting in. But as a general rule of thumb. I think we've talked about on the podcast, we definitely talk about in the office, not having a significant portion of your overall net worth in one individual company. Now, I know he said he's putting into multiple companies, Mm -hmm. but if that's four, if that's 10, if that's 20, we don't know exactly. So 
I think it's also important to make sure you're diversifying across maybe utilizing just an ETF. But if you're an individual stock picker and, and Greg, you do your research and you look into these companies to make sure that you're not having one company or just a few companies that are taking up a large percentage of your overall portfolio. Yeah, you probably need to cap it somewhere from from a risk management perspective, which honestly Warren Buffett doesn't do, right? Yeah, right. So Warren Buffett personally, probably I would imagine, only owns Berkshire Hathaway stock. Yeah. Right? And then Berkshire Hathaway has very concentrated stock positions as well, but they also, they're a company, they have cash flow, things like that. Uh, he's also an anomaly, or they are an anomaly, the you know, investment management team at Berkshire mm-hmm. Hathaway. And there's other funds that are pretty concentrated as well. But for most people, run-of-the-pill people who don't want to do a lot of deep dive analysis, necessarily make stock picking their full-time job, having a diversified portfolio means you're going to own the things that do well. You're also going to own the things that don't do very well, but you're going to get a sort of a normalized average return over time. And by buying indices naturally the stocks that start to do well will get added to the indices and the stocks that fall out of favor will be removed from them. Now, there's a whole mathematical argument around that that is beyond the scope of today's show. But you're you're going to kind of get the on-trend things. And that's why if you look at the indices today versus the indices 20, 50, or 100 years ago, they're completely different. Right. And if you look at the Dow Jones Industrial Average Index, right, mm-hmm. from 100 years ago, most of those companies, you can't even find the name of now. They've right. been like merged and uh, spun off and various things. They might be around in some form, but you wouldn't even recognize that index anymore because companies evolve and change over time. So the idea that you would buy a company now and it has the staying power for 10, 20, 50 years, I think you have to be somewhat careful about those assumptions because the economic landscape could change over time. Though one would argue that maybe a McDonald's or a Coca-Cola or a Ford or not recommending these stocks, but like, mm-hmm. you know, the big brands that we see today, you know, maybe stay around for a while, but there's a lot of big brands that we've seen over time that also diminish. Yeah, exactly. I mean, a company that I worked for for a while at GE was a company like that, that everybody thought was a blue chip stock staple and, and kind of fell apart there. So there's, there's ebbs and flows to different businesses. There's maturities that, that go through it. And if, Greg is adding some companies that he's done research on, believes in. They're in a taxable account, so maybe he can tax loss harvest with other areas. Um, I, I, I don't mind picking individual stocks, but I think you have to have the research to back it. And then I would also diversify the portfolio with some ETFs, with some longer term, you know, adding some just S&P 500 or potentially emerging markets and having some diversification in that portfolio outside of just those individual stocks. Now, he also mentioned having a 401k and a Roth IRA and also having the taxable account. That depends on your current situation, your particular goals to say, oh, we'll just pour that money that you've been dollar cost averaging into a taxable into your 401k or put it into the Roth. There's a lot of different individual things that go into that conversation and go into that decision that we can't necessarily say, oh, yeah, you should definitely do this or that right now. It is true that a lot of areas of the market are down, but a lot of areas are up. So I think right now the market is going through 
a shift where maybe not all boats are going to rise at one individual time, and there may be waves where different areas are doing well at different times. Surfing's not a sport. It's a way of life, no hobby. It's a way of looking at that wave and saying, hey, bud, let's party. <laughs> There's a lot of different factors to that that would have to go a little bit more in depth, and, and you'd have to have a real plan together. Yeah, at the risk of overly simplifying it, your ultimate goal when you buy an investment is one of two things. Either it's generating income for you. So think of like rental real estate, dividend stocks, even bonds, mm-hmm. right? Is gener- The purpose of buying those things is, is generally to recoup income over time. Right. And or the other thing would be to sell that investment at a profit at some point in the future. So di- dividends slash income or capital gains are sort of gains slash capital gains, right, are the two sort of purposes of buying an investment. Uh, Generally, just buying an investment because uh, you like the product or the company is good or something like that, or their ESG rating is fantastic, or they have great Twitter, you know, marketing, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, those aren't really great investment theses because your ultimate goal is either to sell it at a profit or to have uh, it pay you income. So when one of those things changes along the line, so if it stops paying income the way that you need it to, like or the income reduces or something like that, or the there's a diminishing possibility or probability that you will be able to sell it for the profit that you want to sell it in the future, then your thesis has changed and or it's wrong, and you might need to make a change on that. Right, So you need to be able to analyze one of those two things. The reason then inherently that something like uh, indexing works well is because generally speaking, the mathematical edge to indexing is that over the long haul, it tends to gravitate in a certain direction and it tends to also pay out some level of consistent income depending on the index, how it's structured, all of that. And so rarely over the long haul do those theses generally change. But when you get to the individual stock level or an individual property level, if you're talking about real estate or an individual bond level, if you're talking about fixed income, that thesis can change uh, pretty significantly, whether it's quickly or over time. Great. That was like, did that make sense? No, I think it did. Okay. I, I really like that. And I think we're going to leave it there, Greg. And I hope that helps answer your question and helps you evaluate what to do next. You're welcome, Greg. All right, friends. Uh, Secret to Wealth is really very simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest. Do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.